0: Today's Gospel reading is taken from chapter 26 of Matthew, verses 69 to 75. Now, Peter was sitting in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him. You also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said. But he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Then he went out to the gateway where another servant girl saw him and said to the people there, This fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with, a, with an oath. I don't know the man. After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, Surely you're one of them. Your accent gives you away. Then he began to call down curses and he swore to them, I don't know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Good morning, church. The expected denial and disowning of Jesus Christ by Peter. Let us pray. Father, we thank you this morning for this great opportunity, Lord, to speak to your people. Father, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that um, your word coming from this altar this morning, Father, Lord. With me, the needs of your people here. Let souls be touched. Open the mind and hearts of your people to receive your word. Have time to digest it. In Jesus' mighty name. Lord, I pray that every distraction is removed. To the glory of your name, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. As you know, are presently studying the section in Matthew's gospel that highlights the death of Jesus Christ and this morning we will look at Peter in what are called the expected denial of Peter and of course the reason it is expected because Jesus said it Jesus said it will happen for the theological significance of this event I would like to go a little bit back to a scene just after the Lord's Supper and see what Jesus said. Matthew 26, verse 31 and 32. Then Jesus told them, this very night you will all fall away on account of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered, but after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee." Here, Jesus is quoting from Isaiah 13, verse 7, "Awake sword, against my shepherd, against the man who is close to me,' declares the Lord Almighty. Strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered, and I will turn my hand against the little ones." strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered and I will turn my hand against the little ones. The idea is that the striking of the shepherd would be so severe that all those little sheep, the lamb, under the shepherd, under the shepherd care, will be scattered. And the shepherd here, of course, is Jesus Christ. But the difference is that Jesus Christ gathered again his own after his resurrection. After resurrection, Jesus gathered all the disciples again. But this absconding and the scattering of all the disciples, including Peter, points to the horror and the agony of the death of Jesus Christ, that none but Jesus Christ could endure it. None but Jesus Christ could bear it, and Christ alone must bear it. No, no one else. It was made that, it was made that way. It was destined to be that way, and that's how God made it. Otherwise, the glory which is now being given to Jesus and Christ alone would have been shared with whosoever that gone through what Jesus went through. You know, that was what I'm saying in essence is that if what God went through, if what Jesus went through through his um, time of trial to death had been um, done with another disciple, the glory given to Jesus today wouldn't be given to Jesus a, alone. It would have been shared with whoever that he went through um, that process with. So it's already, it was... Uh, um, it was um, destined to happen that way that Jesus would go through whatever he went through alone not with anyone. In Philippians 2 uh, 10 it's mentioned that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow. So if Jesus had gone through the process of salvation with anyone then that name will only be him, It would have been with whoever he went through. So whatever happens like Peter denied Jesus was already ordained. So let's quickly look at our text, picking it apart a little bit. I kind of divided it into five um, zones. I don't know if it's really... Is it on the board? I don't know. No? Okay. If you look at the... Um, um yeah and you see you see the headings first one i said uh, the first one was denier number one peter um peter denied jesus christ matthew 26 verse 69 to 70. at this stage jesus was already jesus has already had his prayer trial um with ananias and is presently in the midst of the corrupt trial of Carphas, as we saw last week. Meanwhile, Peter is just waiting by the fire to see what will happen to Jesus. And a servant girl came to him and said, "'You too were with Jesus the Galilean.'" She accused Peter of being with Jesus, and Peter denied it before them all and saying, I do not know what you are talking about. This is no doubt. There's no doubt that there would have been a bit more conversation after the servant girl accused him and Peter remained adamant that he was not with Jesus of Nazareth. Probably, it's not just that the girl accused, Peter must have said one or two other things try to defend himself so the the um second denial came this time uh peter denied jesus with an oath 26 verse 71 and 72 at this level we can see that the denial denials are escalating into a level a different level of intensity but here again we are faced with yet another servant girl and she again makes an observation that peter doesn't like at this level i know that peter will be worried why all all the time is being picked up by um, servant girls this man says the servant girl was with jesus of nazareth and again peter denied it with an oath i do not know the man all jews consider all oaths to be taken in the presence of God, no matter if God's name was actually mentioned or not. In other words, what I'm saying here is, it's believed in the Jewish culture that when you take an oath, God is present. Whether you mention the name of God, why taking an oath or not? So when Peter denied Jesus the second time with an oath, it's believed that he did it in presence of God. So without standing, Peter stating if Peter was in effect saying, I swear in God's name that I do not know the man. It's believed that that oath was taken in the presence of God. The point is that Peter is invoking the biggest lie he could possibly um, come up with. He swore an oath that he, he didn't know Jesus. And I don't think if we are in Peter's uh, position that we will not do the same. It's obvious that at this level that it's just like the most powerful um, people in government was around and Peter was in kind of, um, uh, Christ was in kind of net and Peter was watching from aside to see what will happen knowing very well that they will be planning to kill Jesus. So if he's arrested and at this level, um, he knew, I mean Peter, that there's nothing that will bring Jesus out from there. And anyone related or in association with Jesus in any way will probably go through the same process. So if you are Peter, you will do the same. Or even worse. So this led to the um, third denier. Peter denies under a curse. Matthew 26, verse 73 and 74. And now the stake seemed to be rising. Apparently, Peter failed to satisfy the crowds with his previous answers because now. The remainder of the stand by us, the crowd approached him and said to him, surely you two are one of them, for even the way you talk gives you away. Peter was like, he was like me in that process. Like when I speak now, you know that um, I'm not British, I'm not English, I would say. So there's no how, you will not know with my Nigerian accent that I'm not um, English. So, Peter was in that situation as well. Peter was from Galilee, and Jesus apparently was reckoned to come from Zal- Galilee. So, when even Peter was denying, it's obvious that it's just like maybe Jesus is here arrested, and somebody is saying, Oh, it's your brother, it's you, I follow. And I'm saying, No, I don't know him with the same Nigerian accent. So, it's, it's it's, it's obvious that Peter was lying. So Peter's asset was also too distinguishable. He could deny knowing Jesus, but he couldn't deny coming from Galilee. And since they reckoned that Jesus is from Galilee, they were all seriously doubting Peter's claim not to know Jesus Christ. But the evidence here is actually pulling up against Peter. And against Peter face, the nose was starting up around his neck. He produced the most adamant denier in verse 7 and verse um, seventy-four. Then he began to curse and swear, I do not know the man. More especially Peter was pulling down curses on his own head. He was probably saying something like if he was lying. May God strike him dead. He was not just denying Jesus, now he's now raining curses on himself. Just to save himself. So it was a drastic and desperate as a man could be. Peter could only deny Jesus, but he was denied under oath. And he denied under penalty of death. Not just denying Jesus under oath. Now, he's just bringing curses upon curses upon himself. So Peter was adamant man that he did not know Jesus, and immediately a rooster crowed. The prophecy was accurately and completely fulfilled. Peter next verse 20 um 26 verse 75 a peter remembers as soon as the um the roster crows, peter remember what jesus had said to him before a roaster crows. you will deny me three times it may have been that peter was filled with such fear and concern of what would happen to him that he never had really thought about what he was doing each time he denied Jesus. It's obvious that fear contributed to the fact that Jesus and Peter denied Jesus. But the minute the rooster crowed Peter minded, Peter's mind instantly went back to Matthew 26, what, what, what Jesus said in Matthew 26, verse 33 to 35. And this Jesus said to Peter and the, and the disciples when they were on Mount Olives. But Peter said to him, even though all my, all may fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Jesus said to just said to him, truly, I say to you that this very night, before a rooster crows, you will deny me three times. But Peter said to him, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. All the disciples said the same thing to him. But when the time came, Peter pretended he never knew Jesus. And he disowned Jesus three times. The word "disown" is a strong, a strong word, meaning to, to deny utterly, to, rebe- to reject totally, to affirm that one does, know, does not have any connection with anyone. It probably seemed like a strange statement at that time, that Jesus would use a roaster as the sign of Peter's denial. But none could deny how obvious it was at this stage when the rooster crowed, and Peter realized that he had, Peter realized what he had done. That he had failed Jesus Christ, the Lord Almighty. And Peter was not just one of the disciples. He was a leader, he was the leader of the disciples. So Peter was the closest disciple to Jesus Christ, apart from James and John. And here in this night, the closer disciple not only fails to witness on behalf of his master, but firmly denied him three good times. And the truth literally sunk deep into Peter's heart as the Rosa crawled. Then Peter wept. 75 p. And he went out and wept bitterly. This is what we call remorse, a very deep regret. This is what we shall call defeat, overcome with guilt. At this this moment, the reality about who Peter really was hit him squarely in the face. Then imagine That is this is um us because what happened to peter could happen to anyone it can be us it can be anybody at this level yes we could all take a look a moment and throw our shots at peter at this level you can say what peter did was wrong but the reality, the reality is that we have all had times like this in our lives. Times when our sin is revealed to us. The secret sin we thought no one knows about. We even think sometimes that God does not know about it. But all of a sudden, bang, in our faces, our secret sins are exposed. What do we do? Times when we fail to obey God or some people placed under us as leaders. Times when we cave in under pressure, peer pressure. Pressure to be politically correct, to please the world. Pressure to look good before people, before our friends, even family members and we hate those things about us so much that we are literally broken before the Lord in despair and regret. I do not know about you, but I know that I've certainly had some moments of fails and failures, and of regrets and shame in my life. I believe that many Christians have gone through this as well. That is why we are human beings. We are not perfect. It's only God that is perfect. But Peter felt about the issue we need to deal with here and now is not why Peter felt. That will be a topic for another day. But the issue we had to deal with to touch on is why we fail in our moments of temptation. We need to reflect our failures and search ourselves to see if we could see where we failed. As each and every one of us have gone through one failure or the other, disappointment, sin against God, have we taken time to reflect to see what we could have done better? You all know what it is like to fall and and to fail. It's also important that we should know that if we have fallen, that God offers forgiveness and there is hope of victory in the future. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all our unrighteousness. The issue is not falling, the issue is not falling to sin, but the issue is the ability to go back to God and say, I'm sorry, have mercy on me, forgive me, which is very important. In the case of Peter, Jesus was willing to give Peter a second chance, which made it possible for Peter, after being humbled by sin, and forgiven by Jesus Christ, Peter find himself preaching a different message for Christ. And that is the message for us as, as well. If we want to overcome temptation, we will need to quit seeking the things of the world. We must quit relying on our own strength and draw near to Jesus. We should cling to him in prayer. Put on the good gospel armor and stand. But if it's too late and we've already stumbled and we feel the bitter we feel the bitter weeping of Peter, then know you that there is forgiveness. It is the forgiveness purchased by the one Peter denied. It is the forgiveness forgiveness purchased by the one we we tread. In our sins. And as such is the glory of Jesus. So in conclusion, confessing Jesus and praising him loudly and bodily is very easy among friends and fellow believers. But what will we do when our perception of jesus power and love are rattled? What will you do when it 's tested? And we find all our dreams shattered like broken drabius of glass lying before us. In the northern part of Nigeria, sometimes the Boko Haram will invade Christian villages gather, villages, gather wives and daughters in presence of their family members, Christians, and ask them to accept Islam or they die. If you're in that situation as a Christian, what would you do? Sometimes those that said no, they will rap their wives and daughters in their presence and kill them. So if you're in that situation as a Christian, knowing very well like Peter in this situation that if he says he knows Jesus, he will die. So in situations, like this, what would you do as a Christian? Will you proudly confess Jesus and face the consequences or will you deny Jesus? So, it is really, really important that sometimes we We'll look at where we are and follow Jesus with all our hearts. It's not easy. We know the strength of God. We need the power of God, which sometimes we can only get through prayers. If you are in that situation, what will you do as I say? Will you be able to confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or will you deny him? Do you serve Jesus because you believe that he is Lord, even when there is no external or readily apparent reason to serve him? Do you serve Jesus when things are going bad, when things are tough for you? or do you deny him? Do you serve Jesus because you believe that he's all powerful? Peter's roaster was crowed in many Christian lives. Now, Peter's roaster had crowed in many, many Christian lives, I still crowing today and tomorrow. In the case of Peter, he heard it and realized what he had done. He realized that he had broken his word of the his word to, the, to, to our Lord Jesus Christ, that he has sinned. That Roster cross comes in many forms, but it is that agonizing moment when we personally realize what we, have betra- what we have done that we have betrayed or denied our Lord Jesus, not for 30 pieces of silver like Judas, not for fear of our lives like Peter, but for nothing. The real beautiful part of this story of Peter is that unlike Judas' betrayal that led to him committing suicide, Peter's story didn't finish there. Peter repented and returned to to serve and glorify the Lord in so many mighty ways. So for those of us who have felt, whether mightily or in small ways, that that is not only hope, but a proven example that Jesus welcomes back to where comes, um, Jesus where comes back failures to make them strong and call them to his service. The Bible says in Isaiah 1 18 B even if your sins are like scarlet, as bright that bright red, is as deep as, as um, they shall be made white as snow. Even if they are as crimson, that deep red, they shall be made white as wool. Jesus is always willing to turn to us. If, if we are seen as, as black as charcoal, he is willing. To turn it to white, as white as snow. Jesus is always there and willing, begging on us to come to him when we fell. When you go astray, when we sin against God, God is always looking up to us to just say, I'm sorry. With open hands, he will always welcome us. Let us pray. Almighty and holy God, We fully recognize that sometimes we make promises that we do not keep. Please forgive us when we have been rash with our promises, slow in keeping our vows to you, and weak in fulfilling our commitments. Father, Lord, we all have a bit of Peter in us because sometimes we fail you out of fear, sometimes for personal gain other times for no just reason. This troubles us and makes us shame. But always remind us that we need your strength and your spirit, Father, to be strong and to live faithfully. Our next prayer this morning, Father Lord, is that we never leave nor betray our blood for you and the grace you've given unto us through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.